Welcome to Unbounded, talks on growth in financial services. Hi everyone, I'm your host Mike Parsons and today we're talking to Victor Inaku from KPMG. He is a serious UX design and strategy guru. Victor, welcome to the show. Hi Mike, uh, thanks for having me, so glad to be here. I feel like we should have had champagne at the ready here. <laughs> we should be celebrating, but we can celebrate uh, while we talk about some of the work that you've been doing and as we can you know, really dig into the growth equation for, for financial mm-hmm. services. So where I'd love to start with is you are spending a lot of time working with banks and other innovators at KPMG. I'm really keen to understand how you got into this role as a partner at the firm and advising these customers on user experience and strategy. How did you get there? Tell us a little bit about that story. I I started my career in an economic research institute where basically I started studying innovation from a theoretical point of view. And that was the moment where I realized I liked it so much. And after two years in research, I wanted to actually put into practice a lot of the things that I was discovering and that's how I got into consulting. And once I managed to get into consulting and uh, join KPMG, what I did basically is to follow this passion and build a business case within, within the organization, build obviously on all the assets and the network that the, the organization allowed me to build on. And here we are, actually. And after nine years at KPMG, and working so closely with enterprises, with banks and financial services. I'm very interested to know what is the best part of your day? What's your favorite part uh, of the day that gets you super excited and has you coming back? As I have my coffee in the morning, I usually plan the days uh, beforehand. When I finish the day, I plan the day after. So when I have my first coffee in the morning, I look uh, at what I've planned the previous day. And usually I change 50% of it. What I like so much and what keeps me going every day uh, is the fact that I get to do a very interesting type of job, which is discovering and experimenting. It actually keeps me going and keeps the team going. Uh, And I'm quite grateful to historically having bosses that allowed me and allowed us as a team to experiment. This is not very common actually in business because experimentation also means failing. And that, you know, psychological safety that you need to put in place in order to keep this moving. The fact that we work with clients that want to change, want to innovate, want to transform, gives us that intellectual trigger and push to be at our best uh, every day. And actually, that's exciting because every time you, you go into a conversation and understand a challenge, you go into that, you know, exploration, discovery mode and yeah, that, that's what keeps me going. So the freedom to discover sounds like it gives you a world of possibilities in any conversation on any project. It sounds like you have the, the time and the space to imagine new solutions, new services. That's got to be pretty fun. It is fun. As you can imagine, it's, it's not always a clear path. Usually uh, when you start a project, you need to be really comfortable with not understanding everything not knowing what's coming. And this can be tiresome for someone who's not very used to it. But as you embrace it, 
it becomes a professional lifestyle. You get used to it and you actually enjoy it. In the business world, executives want everything to be predictable and they will be asking you, okay, what's coming next? What's going to get out of this? And when you say, let's work together and see how this evolves, you can see that's not the answer that they were expecting, but it's also a sort of educational role that we have. And I don't mean to sound condescendent and not educational in terms of theories and stuff. It's very understandable that executives want results. They want to know what's going to happen. But innovation is about you know exploration. It's about scenarios. It's about mm. trial and error. It's a mix. It's a balance. And it's also a game of human uh, to human. The word that comes to mind is political game, because at that level, it usually is the case. But as you set the stage uh, mm. correctly from the very beginning, set the expectations correctly, things are moving uh, very well. well. It's almost like you can learn from each other and in that collaboration, you can manage the right risks so you can yeah. have growth, but without all of that risk. And I, I think that's an important chemistry between someone like yourself and a banking executive, right? Absolutely. Um, and nobody likes risks, but when you, together with the client, try to understand how to mitigate that risk. You define the risk and then you understand how to mitigate it. I think that's the first step. Nobody likes risks, but everybody likes to understand ways of mitigating risks. A big part of managing risk is better thinking and better decisions. I'm, I'm keen to know how do you think through problems and solutions and how do you make decisions, Victor? That's a very good question. I, I like to think of myself as a strategic thinker. I train my strategic muscle as often as possible, but not always possible. And sometimes you need to use what we call the gut feeling. I was reading an interesting book on the psychologist dimension of executive coaching, and they were talking about gut feeling. And well, this is not something that comes out of the blue. It's something that's built on years of experience and expertise. And while I try to be self-aware every time I make a decision, to analyze all the variables surrounding me. Sometimes you just can't. You don't have the time, you don't have the resources, the pressure, etc. I'm learning to actually listen to this gut feeling. I've had situations mm. where I didn't have enough information about a situation and my gut feeling told me to you know, go in a, in a direction and I did. I based my decisions on this little information I had and I was wrong. And then I started to think, okay, how should I integrate this, let's call it gut feeling, into my decision-making? We could do a whole show on this, Victor. I would say <laughs> for our listeners, if, if they're interested in this topic, there's a great book by Daniel Kahneman, Thinking Fast and Slow, which speaks exactly yeah. uh, to what you've just mentioned, Victor. That is a really fabulous piece of advice to our listeners, how they can bring their intuition into the process. It's part of decision-making. It's yep. part of risk management. It's part of innovation. That's great. Yep. Okay. Just a reminder, you are listening to Unbounded Talks, and this is brought to you by Flow. You can check out uh, all of our show notes, all the goodies that come with our show at unbounded.flowx.com. Now, Victor, you have been very busy. While some of us were just stumbling across the end of the year in December after what it was definitely another crazy year, you managed to publish a report. And this report is called The Value for Money Economy Meets the Connected Customer. And as a contributing expert to that, there are some big 
ideas, particularly for anyone in financial services. There's four big ones. I'd love to jump into them. Where would you love to start? Yeah, absolutely. This is research that's been going on globally in KPMG for the last 13 years. And the insights we've been gathering are quite amazing, actually. It shows the shifts in consumer behavior and how industries um, are trying to adapt to this. We, we could go into the four elements that we can see around the globe. One is that all customers expect a decline in their spending in the next um, six to 12 months. And that's something to take into account by all industries, all kinds of businesses, because savings are becoming a problem. All financial segments see, see value for money as a key purchase driver. Paying attention to the share of wallet of, of your customer, understanding your customer, changing behavior in relation to your brand, to the products they're, they're purchasing. It's not something nice to do. It's a must in, in the next period. A lot of digital tools allow us to do this using psychographics, demographics. Another trend is that trust in brands, the customer's trust is decreasing. And this is a danger. One of our, one of our main customer pillars is integrity. Behind the integrity pillar are all those actions that build trust in a brand. And in the pandemic, we've seen a lot of trust-breaking actions from a lot of organizations, you know, all around sectors and, and industries. How you build trust, how you connect to the customer and keep your promise as a brand, how you set expectations correctly and then manage those expectations is becoming more and more important. I, I would just want to jump in there because you're already shaking the room with these two <laughs> first thoughts. First of all, spending is going to dramatically change and trust. These are two major shifts in the way consumers think about the products that they use, that they consider, that yeah. they, they purchase. This is massive already, isn't it? It's massive. And from what we've seen, there are companies, not many, that are capitalizing on a lot of investment pre-pandemic times into understanding customers and how these elements are changing and how they're just capitalizing on this understanding. But most of the, the organizations are not really spot on into understanding these two aspects. Especially when we talk about trust, this is the hygienic factor in any relationship, not only commercial business. Trust is at the core of everything that we do. Would you say, Victor, it's almost... For any sort of two-party relationship, trust is the underlying foundation, whether it's personal, professional, as a consumer, Absolutely. Uh, or, or part of a team. These are two really big ones. You mentioned that not many organizations have yet to take full advantage or take the opportunity with the change in spending and trust. Why is that? I think there are many uh, reasons behind this. The one that I'm... <sighs> you know, mostly intrigued by is they didn't consider it important. Business was just going, it was not on top of their mind. This intrigues me because when you talk to an executive, the customer is always there in their conversation. They talk about strategies, the customer is there. But when you pay closer look, you start to understand, to discover that it's just a word, it's fluff in many situations. But thing, as things are changing with consumers being more and more demanding, being able to compare and the many choices they have right now, they have the possibility, they have the power, especially with digital, mm. because many of my oh, yeah. uh, firms opened digital pathways as a result of the COVID. In the value chain, in the big value chain of everything, the customer has a much more important role than 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, switching has never been so easy, has it? 
It's just the, the click of a button and people are able to consider something else. There's so many comparison sites. So yeah. it looks like trust is a big one. Savings and understanding that spending is really changing really stem from the fact that financial services and banks really need to listen to their customers. Do you have a practical tip? What, what advice would you give for any banking executive if you wanted to give them a suggestion on how they might listen to their customers, how they might better understand them? You just said it, actually. It's an example we take from e-commerce where it's very simple uh, to have sensors. We call them sensors, right, Um, Mm -hmm. in your customer base and understand almost instantly uh, what's going on in terms of purchasing um, trends, etc. You can see it. You can build dashboards and stuff like that. What I would advise is to build those sensors and to actually bring human-centric mentality at the core of the organization's culture. Because you see customer experience, user experience, customer centricity, these all, they are all becoming you know, some sort of business that everybody's talking about. Few are actually doing it. Customer experience is not just something for a department that has the governance of this. It's actually a cultural thing. Customer experience is everybody's job in the organization. Uh, mm. That's why, for instance, when we work with the organization, we, we we make sure that we build champions all around the organizations, up and down, left and right, front office, middle office, back office. So when any or every decision that is being made, someone asks the question, what is the customer impact of this specific decision? Being IT, being marketing, being product, it doesn't really matter. This is a specific advice, but not something very easy to do because it's about change. It's doable, of course. And you can see how easy it is for startups. Young organizations are building from the very beginning their processes, their technology, their systems, their people uh, skills around customers. It's so hard for mature organizations that you know have a different structure, legacy systems, to all of a sudden become customer centric, but it's not impossible. This is the journey they, they need to, to walk. How exciting. What you're really talking about is that the key to designing great customer experiences is not only listening to your customer and sensing the customer, but is building champions, building a cultural transformation, which is easily said and much harder to do. I want to give you the chance to talk about the two other big trends that you've outlined in this report. And just for our listeners, we're going to have a link to the report in the show notes. Those show notes will be at unbounded.flowx.ai. And this, the title of the report that Victor was an expert contributor on is The Value for Money Economy Meets the Connected Customer. The third one is, I guess, on everybody's mind these days, digital interactions, digital pathways. Now, the pandemic, and we've seen this in our 2020 research, the pandemic brought a new reality in terms of how do customers interact with their brands. In 2020, a lot of the brands that we've been surveying could not be validated by our methodology because we did not have enough customer responses. Why? Simply because they did not interact with their brands. Why? Because their channels were purely physical. People were staying at homes. The champions of 2020, and I'll immediately go to 2021, were those organizations that already had digital pathways to allow customer interaction and business continuity Mm -hmm. on digital channels. Those that Mm -hmm. were fast enough to actually start building them and allow business continuity were also there. We saw in 2021, in this market at least, many organizations started to invest in building digital channels, digital pathways to allow customer interaction. So 
Digital now is not something good to have. It's a must. Why? Because, and this is very interesting, in a very short amount of time, people realized how easy it is to interact with a brand, how inexpensive it is. And this is here to stay. Mm. After the pandemic, this will not return to the previous state. It's a huge win for the customer and they will be demanding this. Yes, probably we will look back at the last two years and we will say that it was the biggest uh, media channel Mm -hmm. switch in the history of the consumer. Think about the introduction Mm -hmm. of radio, print and television and then the internet. The switch to mobile app, uh, mobile first experiences, when we look back at this, I think we're going to be shocked at how much of a change has come in such a short time And, and digital really is at the very center of it. It is. It is also a piece of advice for organizations that are building their digital pathways, uh, digital channels right now. Digital and digital technology is is a tool. Digital is being mapped to a customer need, Mm. which translates into a business need. If you map technology without understanding where your customer is or where it is, it is moving, that could be problematic. Digital goes hand in hand with understanding consumer behavior. Mapping this correctly allows you to differentiate. Yeah, it's a really good point. The technology really does need to serve not only the consumers, but also the employees of the bank as well. We're going to come back to technology in a second because there's just so much to unpack in this great report that you contributed to. If there wasn't enough change already, There is one other habit that has changed dramatically, which is really affecting financial services. Do you want to talk about work from home? Work from home can be the subject of a whole conversation. Yeah, this new habit is is also shaping up because working from home means putting in place new routines. So not only in terms of work-life balance, but also in terms of lifestyle means will influence how consumers spend. 13%, for instance, this is from our global report, 13% of of consumers declared they have moved home as a consequence of a new situation. Mm. Net confidence in walking and cycling up, up by 9%, while confidence in public transportation has fallen to minus 37%. This will impact how customers will interact uh, with all their brands. And while some customers predict they will prefer to continue working from home in the future, they are not giving up on their travel plans, though they are shifting to destinations which are closer to home. And this impacts a lot, you know, the travel and leisure industry as well. Um, As organizations, we need to pay attention to this trend as well because it will influence spending patterns and customer behavior as well. And I think here what we see is a direct relationship to the changing nature of the branch in a banking context, uh, the way in-person interactions happen between financial service brands and their customers. It's all up for grabs. Things are changing at light speed. I I really love these four trends, three being consumer-centric, one being channel-centric, We've got savings is on the increase, spending on the decrease. Trust Mm. is really up in the air right now between consumer brands and their customers. People are working from home, embracing hybrid working. And digital pathways, digital connections are really at the forefront of customer experiences, particularly those with financial services. We touched on technology, Victor, and I would love to make this invitation to you now. I think we should do a follow-up show where we go a bit deeper into some of the technology behind these trends and we Mm -hmm. look at the future of technology for financial services. 
Would you like to join me again? It would be my pleasure, absolutely. We've got all that to look forward to in our next conversation, Victor, when we dive into some of the technology behind your trends. Now, for all of our listeners, if they would like a copy of the report that you contributed to, we're going to have a copy, uh, a link to that uh, report in our show notes at unbounded.flowx.ai. But Victor, if they want to find you, if they want to get in touch with you on that worldwide interweb how can people find you? I guess the easiest way is to connect on LinkedIn. It is the easiest way. Otherwise, on, on the KPMG website, they can find my contact address. But I think LinkedIn is the easiest way. And happy to connect Excellent. with anyone who would like to know more about the report and you know the subject, as a matter of fact. Oh, we really appreciate that. Victor, I can't thank you enough uh, for sharing your time with us. More importantly, you gave us four big ideas and you've set up the next show where we're going to study the technology and what it's going to take to make these new experiences for customers, what it's going to take to make them happen, what it's going to take to delight customers. So, Victor, a big thanks to you. I hope you enjoyed being on the show today. Thank you very much, uh, Mike. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, happy to, uh, to join anytime soon. All right, Victor, thank you to you and thank you to you all of our listeners. You've been listening to Unbounded Talks. This is powered by FlowX. If you'd like to know more, head over to flowx.ai. That's a wrap.